We're the books, Beatles, the books brothers. Wait, what would our um, listeners be called? Like the books family or the books babies? I like, I like if we spelled it B O O X. I like that. I like books babies. That's in the <laughs> welcome books babies. <laughs> we are incestual, uh, immaculate conception. <laughs> Um, Thomas has a Thomas has a little pussy that can father giant, disgusting babies like you. Is this on? Uh, Yeah, I can hear you. Is it recording? Yeah. Zoob. I feel like we should rebrand to B O O X books. Mm. (laughs) That's like that 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 brings the stupid level even higher, which I love. I don't know what that reminds me of, but I don't like it. Yeah, it's definitely like... um, It's like a gas station or something. Books. It seems like a store, like a a bookstore you'd see at in an airport. Yeah. It's like 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 owned by Russians or something. Well, yeah, it's like really fast. Like (laughs) you can like buy a book really fast, which I don't know. It's like kind of a slower manner. Yeah, it's just like hanging from the ceiling on strings and you just like run your head into it and <laughs> then it falls and you run away. All right, so welcome back to this is episode um, six, I guess, which is a milestone for many podcasts mm-hmm. because our former, well, the other Books Brothers who suck uh, they created Books Brothers back in their own Books Brothers, which sucks, we'll say, back in um, 2020 during the lockdown. It was a panty pod. And panty pod. And they didn't, um, pansies, they didn't make more than five episodes, which is a, which is a, a barrier that we've oh, long. Oh, I didn't know this. We've long been pushing. We so they made five the- episodes. For like, I, I guess like a month, and then they just stopped doing it. So maybe well, they Santa's were on. Been taken off. <laughs> they were they were driving together in a car, or something, and like flew off a bridge, hopefully, or something like that. Um, yeah, they were like on the way home from the bookstore. <laughs> they were potting <laughs> when they died. Yeah, that's why we use Amazon, guys. There's a lot less danger, which goes on. Um, as a result of you know leaving your ho- the safety of your home to buy books, um, I mean I guess I could get fired, you know, shot at outside my house. I mean I don't even leave my house to pick up packages, so there could be a sniper um, in your window right now. That's true. Yeah, there could be one. Yeah, <laughs> look out, middle school riff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what if there was like a sniper? Uh, okay, so today's book is Casanova. Casanova. It's Giacomo, 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 uh, Casanova. He's an Italian, um, aristocrat from, I guess, the 18th century, pretty early 18th century. Like, my knowledge of the history really doesn't go this far back as far as European shit. I kind of start to get interested around the French Revolution, and, uh, before this, I don't really know a lot about what's going on. Well, this is, but, uh, when's the Enlightenment? 16? That's like, yeah, way before. Oh, okay. I believe. I think it's like turn of the 16th, 17th century. Yeah. Or it's 18th, 17th. Um, 
Yeah, but it's a time in Europe, if you've seen like Barry Lyndon, it's a lot of, um, you know, as far as aristocrats go, who knows what the fucking potato hurlers are doing, but the aristocrats are definitely having fun. They just kind of like traverse Europe and gallivant around without any sort of fucking care in the world. Like, you know, if even if they don't have money, it seems like they just kind of hit up one of their pals in another sort of house or bureau- bureaucracy thing. And there's like, hey, can I have like a bunch of money? And like, they get it. Um, yeah, the cost of living seems way less. Well, uh, I mean, it's, it's just like, the, this whole book is just like the aristocracy. It's kind of hard to like do it. But, you know, I don't think there's really like wars going on per se. I think like this time is a lot of like skirmishes and maybe like some Austrian shit goes on or something like that. But it seems like a pretty peaceful time. Um, it's just before it's around the time of like, um, like Louis the 13th or something. I think the sun King, which always surprises me how early that is. Maybe his son King. Well, it was, uh, was I know King. cause he, he meets her, uh, Catherine of, uh, the King who is the son Russia. Like the famous, he does meet Catherine. Okay. Yeah. Well, Catherine we don't get ahead of ourselves. So I'm just trying to lay a, 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 a intro to this book down. So, Casanova is kind of, you know, if you know his name, he's synonymous with Womanizer, right? And he's also uh, like a degenerate pervert and um, an idiot. He's an idiot. Uh, Maybe not an idiot. Yeah, wait, this is, I feel like we're getting a little sloppy here. Why? Well, just, you know, right off the bat, degenerate pervert. I feel like that was, you know, we got to save that. It's a brief little explanation. Later. And then saying I'm he's just stupid. Be- or just like, that's the first word they heard us say of him, is that he's stupid. Well, just, yeah, you know, pull up your pants and button your buttons. I just feel like we should, we should, like, talk a little bit about him and then be like, and then the punchline is like, oh, yeah, this guy's stupid. Okay, then just do that. You don't need to say that. Well, I'm not going like, to interrupt you inter- and just start talking. I got to explain you, the you transition. Interrupt- you interrupted me with... <laughs> Like, uh, something you could have just done, you know what I'm saying? All right. So just do that. Um, so, so he starts the book. Who is he? Right. Yeah. Just give us, give us like the non-opinionated. Just like straight up who he is. He is a descendant of sort of, uh, actor. His parents were actors descendant from, he defines in the beginning and, um, this could all be made up, but he says his like great, great grandfather was Don Juan Casanova. Um, who is an older womanizer in terms of like the language of like a hero in the womanizer community. Um, Don Juan or uh, fuck, what is the Mozart opera version of it? Don Juliano or Don Giovanni. Um, Don Juan Casanova, he says is his great, great, great grandfather who's um, goes and travels with Christopher Columbus and dies on the Mayflower or something like that. He like makes him out to be a big adventurer and he says he's descendant from him. So he's sort of, he's putting himself in a long line of epic womanizing heroes. Um, I forget where I was going with this. What was I talking about? Just like, oh, just like Casanova in general. So yeah, he's descended from this line of womanizers. His parents are actors uh, I don't really is know that what else true? to say. What do you mean descended from this line? You mean like he's well, inspired by that he, Don Juan guy? He, I, 
my theory is, you know, he is defining himself. He is putting a stake in the ground, kind of like Nietzsche or honestly, better Dante saying like, it's a waste of food. That's a waste of food. Saying Dante saying, I'm, I'm one of the great poets. Casanova in the beginning basically puts himself in a line of great womanizers and I says, stake in the ground, let a cow grow out. I think he thought he was like a super interesting guy. I don't think he thinks, thinks of it like womanizing like we do now. I think he just thought it was, I'm super charming. See, and interesting. Now, now you're getting too far ahead. This is too far ahead. Well, I'm skipping ahead, but, but the point I'm making right now is that in the beginning, okay. in a really sort of neurotic, uh, freakish kind of legacy freak kind of way, he says that I am descended from Don Juan, who is this, if, you know, look it up. He's like an older yeah. version of a womanizer. Well, it's interesting when people um, cast their own um, crown, uh, you know, in the sense of like a dynasty of someone they don't actually know as like the next in line, you know? Yeah. And my what point is he's that, making that up. I, I think he's lying. Well, yeah, I'm saying most people do that. Like a lot of people will characterize themselves as like the next name, you know? Um, and I, I do you think, I do think that inspires true, like, um, you know, like, descendancy in that sense like uh they really do become that person or do you think it comes out to be like some weird bastardization all the most of the time oh someone who has like an idol like that you mean yeah i mean like you know bob dylan right he's obsessed with uh <laughs> oh actually we should bring yeah he this is woody, the reason woody why you read it uh, woody why you read this book andy bob dylan's obsessed with woody harrelson uh no woody guthrie um, oh, this fucking story. This well, is like, he just poised this is like himself Dylan as 101 shit. Well, I know. I'm just saying it's a dumb example, but he poised himself as the next Woody Guthrie, not sort of like outright, like he didn't say it to people, but he acted that well, way. Well, he dressed right? exactly like him. He was like a poser. And that's, well, that's a, that's a, that's an example of something that worked. Right. And this example, I mean, because he pivoted though, not because, well, well, I'm not trying to get deep into that, okay? Well, let's get to the truth, bitch. Shut up. Shut up. You want to dig like, two feet deep? I'm going six, Yeah, bitch. I am digging two feet deep because it's not what we're fucking talking I'm about. going to the fucking core. Uh, so basically, um, like, you know, that worked for Dylan, right? And it was a good example of, like, inspiration imbuing someone with with you know the start the step the you know the foundation stones and in this example it's like well what what is the what is the like good outcome of trying to replicate like a sex a sexual like you know warrior or whatever like mm -hmm. a sex no, that made right? sense yeah you just like blow the same amount of loads <laughs> it's like you go low for load it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of an yeah go low for load with your heroes I went load to load, load for load with um, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, interesting um, choice. Yeah. He was born in New York. He um, seems like a focused guy. I feel like he doesn't masturbate. I don't know. He's he's actually a lot smarter. Like, he's funny because he's, like he's like a writer. Yeah, yeah. Rocky. And, yeah. you know, he wrote Rocky, but he's just done so many dumb films, and he's obviously, like, a meathead. But like he just left his wife for like his dog. Oh, I don't know. They're fighting over this big Rottweiler he just got, and he left his wife 
for the dog, not sexually, I guess, maybe, but um, like so he's there's a, a picture. Bestiality, beast, beast. Well, the news like the news dropped, and he had like a, this dumb picture with the dog, and I didn't know what it was, and I saw that they got divorced. I was like, oh. And then he got her, he had her tattooed on his shoulder mm. and then got the dog's face put on top of it. So okay. that's actual, that's true love, right? And none of that, well, I mean, there's, there's like love in this book, but he kind of talks about it so much, like, you know, like falling in love with people. It's like, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a love of I passion. I not a, that many times. It's not a true, it's not like a true hardcore sort of, um, hard on the cross love it's just sort of like young boy passion like love it's a love affair it's not well, it's not marriage it's not true love it seems like it when, in, in that day when they would say like i was in love they just literally just like got a boner <laughs> I <laughs> which in this book is what um in this book like i feel like there's people around boner, who knew just true like, love, he just says not i'm him. inflamed he just says, I'm inflamed. I'm inflamed, yeah. So let's talk why we read the book. And we we mentioned this guy earlier, um, Bob Dylan. He mentions Casanova in uh, Desolation Row. Um, we could do a clip of that right now. Uh, he, you know, that's like kind of really where I knew the name. I think I've like heard that word in passing but really i've never heard anyone go like he's a real casanova like da 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 mm. um but yeah i looked it up and i was like oh that would be funny that'd be like it seems like a fun read just like oh this guy wrote a book about his own life that's kind of interesting and the way that whoever like wrote the forewords or the copy for like the back cover in the amazon or whatever uh they did a good job it's it's very um well, the second word is it's necromancer, which is immediately like a rainbow word. Yeah, that's that's definitely like You're a like, oh. publishing. Yeah, that's definitely a publishing copy hook that works. Which and literally maybe happens. Necromancy. Maybe like one paragraph in the whole book. You know, it's like it's like you know five pages. Well, okay. There's a bunch of other stuff. I don't really remember. Well, okay. So who did it turn on? I'm sure a lot of people have like. This book is almost like smut, right? I feel like Chris, or, Chris Angel. Sometimes. I feel like it turned on Chris Angel. And, yeah, it definitely uh, is, has like a pickup artist. I mean, it doesn't. It's not like, you know, you should go to a girl and say like, you look so hot in that top. You know, it doesn't have any of that kind of shit in it. Well, but. Chris Angel, you know, magician, sort of like man of the hour vibes. Man of the <laughs> Chris Angel, the magician, dude. Well, I mean, honestly, like we've said what we've said about Casanova negatively, but I th- I don't think you're giving him enough credit. Like Chris Angel is just like a weirdo. Like he's not a I Renaissance man. I think Casanova's man. a weirdo. Well, he's not like a Renaissance man. He doesn't give a my shit. Claim. He lives. He like Chris Angel like lives. He's from New Jersey or something. Well, I think that has more to say about the educational system than Chris Angel. Like uh, like Casanova. Well, he. <laughs> He did like books, but I feel like everyone rich was classically trained back then. So, you know, everyone rich is classically trained. La-di-da. Yeah, uh, that's fair, I guess. But, you know, I like, wouldn't really He was find... basic, I think. Well, well, we'll get into it, but. I feel, I feel like if you talk to Chris Angel at a party, it wouldn't be as fun as Casanova. 
I mean, unless he was doing tricks, right? That's, I mean, no one becomes a musician because Chris or (laughs) who's doing the tricks. Um, who's doing the tricks? Because Casanova's got tricks up his sleeves. Well, I mean, people don't. That is sort of. We should bring that up. That is the theme of the book: is tricks. Yeah, he is a trickster, but it's not levitation and um, you know coins out of your hand. Necromancy. What is that? Raising of the dead. All right, you got it. You want to say something, or do you want me to say something? God damn it. Um, All right. So I feel like I keep my mind keeps drifting to like, you just got to go back to the beginning. Just start the beginning. Go. Um, So it be, it's fucking go. It starts off with a big declaration of like his values. And I honestly, that's sort of the, where you sort of get hooked in the beginning because he like a perfect uh, sort of Machiavellian, uh, manipulator he sort of gets you on his side by in the beginning I think he's very self-deprecating like he'll talk about I pull, I've marked a quote he says like uh, well first he declares like God I'm, I'm a man of God I'm monotheistic I'm Christian and I believe uh, God has divined us with this sense of reason that uh, can uh bring you to the place you want to be and you shouldn't say that destiny everything is destiny that there is a sense of free will essentially and then he goes on to say he says as for women i have always found that the one i loved smelled good and the stronger her perspiration the sweeter she smelled to me um and then the next next paragraph he says what depraved tastes he's like making fun of himself so it starts with this kind of like kinky uh horror show and then he's he's just self-deprecating but he his manifest his doctrine is that he lived his life in pursuit of uh bodily pleasure yeah there's something i always think of that quote about the macaroni it's oh, yeah. so disturbing something so disturbing about that like he just talks about his tastes i guess quote unquote i mean i don't know if you just said this cuz i tuned you out but um his, his taste is I have always rich, here. always rich and, um, you know, decadent kind of shit. So wait, is likes, this the quote? Like, I have always loved highly savory dishes such as macaroni made by a good Neapolitan cook. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that I found that so disturbing. The way that they are, you know, gentlemen particularly in that era just look so fucking weird and like dollish and shit and just thinking of them as like sexual beings is so demented you know they just they're just carrying canes and like top hats for no reason and just well, yeah like, if, you, if you look up pictures of him just coming and eating macaroni he's really not he's, a good looking guy he's kind of uggo yeah i mean and when you peer yeah. through the uh, the sort of benefit of the doubt that the painter gives him, you can sort of see uh, <laughs> the benefit of the doubt. that like a dude, a sh- employee at a quickie mart vibes within his face. And I forget who it yeah. was, but one of someone who met him describes him as rather uh, uh, I don't know what they say, but like brutish or like kind of ugly. 
even. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure he says he has a big dick, right? So he's probably just forcing it on people and they're like, oh. Well, yeah, he's right? funny. That's, he's how charming. That's how it works, right? <laughs> he's funny. He's charming. He, no. whip, he whips out the cock and then he's in. Bingo, bango, bongo. Done deal. Uh, Signed, sealed, delivered. That is sort of the interesting okay. thing about this. This is just sort of guy from the past with a huge dick uh, autobiography. <laughs> like a psychological I mean, I wonder, study what's of that? what that's it's like. It's sort of like a, he's very similar to like Rasputin, I guess, in that sense. He's like the yeah. other... I don't think Casanova's really famous for like having a big dick, but like Rasputin definitely is. And I think I do see some similarities like in their personalities in the sense of being tricksters, con men, um, necromancy, especially for Rasputin, right? And I don't know, like what what about having like a giant dick gives you like this need to uh, trick people? I think it's I guess sort of, you, what is I that? Because you want to you, you want to use it, right? You want to use it all the time because it like you know it. It, it makes it insanely crazy, the well, sex, right? You possess a power. It's sort of like that Greek god with the huge dick, uh, pri- Priap or something. What is it? You mean the satyr? Yeah. It's uh, like Pan? Priapus. Priapus is a god. Uh, I don't know about that. It's yeah, he's a got god, a huge He's got a huge dick. He's sort of the god of fertility. Um, and I think it's, yeah, it's a story of like a satyr when you sort of possess this. Um, power over people like that you have the internal struggle of which is perfect because it's exactly casanova of like do i live life uh in pursuit of like making things that are good and like developing my other powers or do i just sort of exploit this natural talent i have Um, well it's more like you know story of like boogie nights or something i mean i do have this problem um yeah, we can all relate. It's more to this. like it's more like um, you know, you've got this big thing in your pants, and it's like just like a physical thing that you're you're having to just like deal with, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you get a boner, it's like holy shit! Like I can't, you know. It it's it's. I mean, getting boners in any context is just off putting, sort of like in a like physical embarrassing way. But in this way, you're sort of like, I'm saying he's like sort of like, you're sort of like slave to it. And then once you actually use it, like, obviously, you're, I guess you're better at sex, right? So it, you get positive feedback from this, this like monster that lives Mm. down under, right? And you're sort of, and there's people that choose like Casanova just to like follow this big rod around. It's his divining rod. And fucking stick it in shit, you know? No matter what it is, right? We found that out with Casanova. <laughs> he just sticks it in anything he can just find. Stick it in. Just fucking blow it in. No, that's a good point. That's sort of um I forget where we were on in the track of the pod, but I feel like we're still just in the beginning. But um that is a good way to put his sort of like affliction. I think it's an interesting idea. I just kind of came up with it on the spot, so um, just FYI, no, that is, I agree. I think it is this. This is the biography of a of a big dick guy. Um, 
like to put it like that is what that's it's the up, title that's what it's that's up about. The bio- <laughs> like that's what is what that what's about. like a what's a more like pretentious like the tale of a big dick guy or something um, I think Casanova would that could never. Be the, that should be the uh, episode title, I guess. That's what I think is. I don't think we really have titles. Sorry. Oh yeah. I, well, maybe we do. Well, subtitles, I guess. Um, uh, Casanova would be like really pissed off for you to say that. I think he would never admit that that is what led his life and that is what going what's going on. Okay, you're think- getting in. You're getting into like who he is before we actually explained who he is. But I, I want to say. Um. Yeah, it's uh. Wait, fuck it. Oh, you don't have anything to say. No, I. Do you want? I, like, I can take it. I think we should start with one of his earliest memories, which he's. Um, well, okay, I remember. So it's like I think it's just an interesting point. Is like when you're good at something, but it sort of leads you into a a a, a path of ruin, right? Um, and maybe it's because it's like it's you know it's in the Bible as it you know in the it's sort of sex negative and like overindulging in sex can there's lead a, to hundred dollar oh, plates. I forget. Well, it can just Bible lead. Quote. It can lead. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just say your Bible quote. I know you want to fucking. It's. Uh, I can't remember it precisely, but it basically says the man who's afraid of uh, work or you know it's a shitty distillation of it but it, it says the man who's afraid of work pursues pleasure and i think that is casanova's story we don't it's a highlight book right so this book isn't really his entire you know journals it's really just like a highlight reel of stuff um i don't know about that one well, i don't because we don't really know how much he's working right we just kind of get his like i mean i only mean that to I say guess. in the if I can read it, there's a quote by Prince Charles DeLine about Casanova. It's a pretty long one. I don't know if I should. Yeah, just say it. Yeah. Well, I mean, just give us a synopsis or something. I'll read it. It's. Inter- I think it's interesting. Every word of it is kind of like f- furthers. Okay. Right. Um, it, he says it is only his. So he, this guy met and like hung around Casanova. He says uh, it is only his comedies, which are not funny. Only his philosophical works, which lack philosophy. All the rest are filled with it. There is always something weighty, new, poignant, profound. He is a, he is a well of knowledge, but he quotes Homer and Horace ad nauseum. His wit and sallies are like attic salt. He is sensitive and generous, but displease him in the slightest. And he is unpleasant, vindictive, and detestable. Um, he believes in nothing except what is most incredible, being superstitious about everything. Uh, there, I could go on, but I think I think the biggest part there is how um, quick Casanova will be to turn against you if you sort of break the the mood that he was trying to set. Um, so he's kind of like he has that sort of theater kid actor quality. Yeah. So let's talk about. Let's talk about, um, we just got to give more, let's talk about the things that he does, right? The, the like anecdotes that are memorable, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's, a, there's a lot of like, um, lint in this fucking book, you know, just people like maids coming in and like sweeping the floor and changing candles and yeah, all this kind of dumb shit. Yeah, immediately forgettable. Yeah. So yeah, we'll say that from the jump, like <laughs> the book is kind of not fun to read. 
as a book and there's kind of no style in it. It's really, there's style in the beginning. Um, yeah. And we talked about that. Like it, it starts out as a sort of witty fun kind of, you immediately get that like sort of trickster vibe and you don't really know he's like a bad guy yet, but he's kind of giving you these funny little Benjamin Franklinisms about, um, like fools and his, his, his chief aim in life is like, besting fools or he calls it the club of fools and i thought that was cool there's a lot of like underlinable like lines in the in the in the forward which is him like his introduction and then after that it's just like there's some shit here and there but after that it's really just um you know a lot of a lot of lint and some like it's like a sandwich uh that's just lint with like three pepperonis and it and the bread and the is pepperonis like, is all the Italian names you have to keep track yeah. of. Yeah. Well, no, that's like the mildly interesting. I mean, some of the stories are are like entertaining, but those are just the little nuggets. Yeah. Yeah, it's Italian. This is Italian a, pepperoni. This is I his memoir. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up when I'm talking. Okay. You got this, that? This memoir is a distillation of his actual <laughs> memoir. So. um I already said that. You no, you did. You did say that. You say that. Highlight reel. Sorry. Yeah. Oh shit. Focus. I thought you meant. Oh, okay. In, interrupting uh, me with shit I've already said. But uh, I guess that's another trick that he's playing on us. I should point out. He calls this the story of his life when um, he's leaving out the last twenty years of his life. Uh, when he in this. Okay, you're getting ahead again. But we're getting ahead. But um, where were we? We were talking about. <laughs> just keep saying that until the podcast is over. <laughs> Should we go back to his uh, first memory, his earliest trick? Yeah, just because you know more. You've got more of these in the front of your brain. So, yeah, you should take the lead. So this is in the very beginning. He talks about the earliest memory he has or when he first sort of became conscious, like he wasn't in baby mode anymore. Uh, I think he's nine years old or something like that. He's, you know, it's 17, 10 or something. He's got a bloody nose. And back then they didn't really probably know what was actually going on is probably something very mild, but his mom takes him or his grandmother takes him to a, a sort of like gypsy. I think he calls her and she puts him in a box gypsy gypsy and she puts him in a box and uh, closes the lid. And so he's, he's telling us this from his POV. And so he's in a, the darkness of this box and he hears like shouting and, and, cantations and spells being cast outside and there's knocking and shaking. Um, and then she opens the box and lets him out and he goes home. Uh, I think the, the bloody nose stops at that point. Uh, she says something probably mysterious that I'm forgetting, but he goes home, he goes to bed and what he remembers is in the middle of the night, sort of an old, uh, or no, it's like a beautiful woman comes down the chimney and sort of walks over to him and says, like, uh, when you awake, uh, you will, your destiny will be prevailed or something like that. Some sort of, you know, you're cured, my my boy thing. And then in the morning, his grandmother comes over to him and says, tell, tell no one what happened last night, as if she knew. Um, so this is the first anecdote he tells. And... He's, you know, he acknowledges that the gypsy was playing a trick on his grandmother, that he doesn't believe that she really did cure his 
bloody nose, but I don't, it's sort of confusing why he tells this thing about the chimney lady and whether that's a dream or not. But, um, that that's his first memory. His second memory ever is stealing. Uh, he steals a crystal ball from his dad, just like a decorative crystal ball. And his dad is like pissed off and he's stomping around going like, who took my crystal ball? And he slips the crystal ball into his brother's pocket. Um, and so his dad's like, empty your pockets. Who took my crystal ball? And his brother, of course, pulls it out. And he's like, what the fuck? How'd this get here? And uh, Casanova does not tell his father that he is guilty of, you know, putting it in the brother's pocket. And his brother tells him, I think they sort of had a falling out um, about that. But so Casanova's life in terms of the first memories he has are both tricks and that sort of sets the tone for his his trickster. Um, mm-hmm. He's just fixated and, on tricks and tricking people. So like, and then the, so like it kind of just I don't know if it sort of naturally like ratchets up in sort of intensity. But I think the first one I can think of at the top of my head as it relates like early in his life, you know, he sort of always is just like entering into a family's house and then just like fucking all the daughters basically. Yeah. And then sort of leaving because something happens. I mean, that's kind of like the, that's like many of the stories is just like him sort of entering under this like guise of, I don't even know, like needing help or just you know, like helping partying. Helping honestly, he's just sort of like walking in like, hi, I'm an interesting guy. Do you want to be entertained by me for the weekend? Like it, it really is just that. Yeah. Cause he has no work to do. He's not, uh, yeah producing anything I mean, we about talked about you. that he he's you know like all socialites i think are i think that socialite is is sort of like important sort of um culturally and socially whatever just inspiring like actual artists but like a socialite's art is really just like how they perform with people and parties you know and it's not something that you can kind of capture in uh in a in a in a media in a document way right like you know they're they're just really good at conversation they are really good at that and that's a big thing entertaining uh, people at parties and um yeah so yeah i was gonna say well no i was just gonna say i was gonna piggyback and yeah i know you're gonna fucking say something you just gotta wait you got that i don't have paper so i can't write this down but um that's a big Fucking thing in LA. A That's a big thing. Big, big thing in LA is you'll run into people who are very interesting and, and seem like geniuses at parties and they're very funny and stuff, but they can't write anything uh, good uh, to save their life. Um, and I won't name names, but there's a few. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily see that as like a dismissive thing. I think it's important, but um, I mean, it's only it's only cringy, in, you know, in this way that Casanova does it is sort of posturing as like, you know, being a poet or whatever, you know, an actual artist. But they are sort of artists in their own right. It's just in a way that isn't like, you know, you can't commodify it or document it in a set in like a form. You can make maybe like a documentary about them, but or, you know, they can write autobiographies like this, but. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, not yeah, something I was that just has. You're not going to become a star, sort of. Their you know, stages, people do the nowadays, room, but you know, their stages. Yeah, the party, the parlor. Floor. Their stages, the parlor. 
Wow, great. Summed it up perfectly, Tom. Parlor. I don't know how you to say that. Um, I'm thinking of this anecdote. It's the first like sexual anecdote, um, which, by the way, the only interesting parts in this book are the sexual stuff. It's just sort of like these little uh, bright islands between these dark uh, linty valleys where you're just kind of like, okay, he's walking, he's meeting, he's opening an envelope. He walks over here and then like, he'll start saying like, and then I saw a sexy lady and you'll be like, Oh, and then you'll actually engage with the text. And I don't think that's because I'm horny. I think it's, um, I'm horny. I think it's, I'm horny. I think it's (laughs) just the quality of the, the book. That's what I was on when I was on the train reading it silently. <laughs> I would get to that part. I would say it out loud. I go, I'm horny. And people would go, Oh yeah. Um, but I'm thinking um, of the first anecdote where I like kind of checked out or I sort of turned against Casanova. It's like, I think it's like 20% into the book. He, uh, he's in Turkey and he meets a, a sort of aristocrat rich guy, uh, called is Ismail. And uh, Ismail has like Ishmael. Uh, yeah, he has like three three daughters or something. They're sort of young, early twenties, eighteen. I don't know, but uh, he has a veranda and a porch overlooking the veranda, and it's like it's under moonlight. And the just like a Greek myth or something, the three daughters kind of like come out into the veranda. I think there's like a little fountain or something. And they just like strip off and they're just sort of like frolicking in the veranda and him and this, uh, the father are up on the balcony and he just super eloquently describes how they both take out their dicks and start jerking off together. Um, but he describes it in this like manipulative way where you don't realize, Oh, that's simply what they're doing is just jerking off. Like he describes it in this poetical way where you, you think of it romantically actually this moment um uh andrew what did you think of that um yeah no i i I mean what was your point talking about that again it's the moment that i turned against casanova oh oh i don't i i well i do have a moment i mean it's not necessarily a moment but like a moment of disillusionment with his sort of you know as the master pickup artist or whatever it wasn't that because that's just like, well, I mean, you're kind of getting at it's degenerate, right? Like it's sort of like this degenerate sex addict. Well, he like, literally thing, to to add to the degeneracy, cool. he describes and he says it so well that you don't even sort of you don't even realize it. He's like gaslighting you as a reader, but he says we were looking at each other's dicks. So because we're not gay, and so we were looking at each other's dicks. So we <laughs> we didn't come. <laughs> So like we're looking at each other's dicks. So, so he's looking and from we're not, because look, we're not gay. He's looking from we're the looking daughters. at each other's dicks because we're not gay. That's what he's implying is he's looking from the daughters. The boner's <laughs> going up, and then he looks to the father, and the boner goes down. So he's yeah, like, no, they just did it to like lose their boners. Yeah, that's so it. they could keep jerking off. Like they were edging each other on this moonlit. Oh, balcony. I thought they were like we got to stop like no 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 he's literally just being like let's make this last longer so i'll look at his dick go down and then look back to the women up it's like a looney tunes jerk off Mm -hmm. okay well looney tunes jerk off got it um i guess my moment was the castrati story Mm. 
which I think is like the first creatively weird. It's a great you know, song. Uh, I'm. I suppose it really did probably happen um, because it's so ridiculous, but that one, I'll just give a brief explanation. So he, he sort of like all these, you know, poor families, you know, just poor as in like pity. Uh, he runs into them. He meets, uh, you know, a lady who has, I think like three children. And one of them is like, a young boy and Casanova is, uh, he's probably like 12, 13 or maybe 17. Actually, I think you said, but, um, he's struck by this boy's beauty and like notices all these sort of, you know, feminine, like very, you know, pronounced kind of like feminine features, just awestruck by this boy's beauty. And he's convinced that it's not actually a boy. So he does everything in his power to like check this little kid's kick, uh, cock, like look for a little dangling. And I don't know, I guess it almost it's, I mean, it's obviously like statutory, but it gets to a point where, uh, he sort of just like corners this kid after like a long time and he finally rips, he doesn't rip the pants off, but it like is the way it's described. It seems like in reality, it was so much, it was probably so traumatic. Um, like he, like Kessner was like, Oh, please let me see. What, eh. Like he gets alone with the kid or whatever. He reaches and the under kid, the garment first. He like, yeah, goes in there and grabs I, I, it. Something. First thing he, he feels it. He's like, Oh my God. That's and cock. he's like, he's like, Oh my God. And then he sort of veers away for a while, fucks the kid's sister, comes back with this renewed sense of like convincing. He's convinced still that this, there's no way this is a boy. So he then, like, you know, very pitifully, that's where I realized, like, you know, he's, it's just so pitiful the way mm -hmm. he goes about trying to get it from this kid. Um, he finally sees this this kid's dick and it's actually a lambskin uh pendage made by the mother and it actually is a girl um and it was a and it was a girl that was a singer so the so the girl's mom is not actually her mom she was adopted by this woman from her original her biological mother uh, because she gave a uh, promise of becoming um, uh, a singer. But I forget why, but the girl uh, sees no other way to do it besides being a castrati. Oh, women, women weren't allowed to be singers, that's why. Okay, that doesn't, that's not true. But, no, that is uh, true, yeah. Opera? Well, in, the, in this sense, in this particular place, in this, uh, the lifestyle she wanted to lead, I, I think it's like touring vibes. Uh, women were not yeah. allowed to sing. So men pretend m men were the female voices. They were the high pitched. Oh, right. So the castrati, if you don't know, are, are prepubescent boys who are castrated. Just so like in theater, their you know? voices, their voices remain high. Um, so yeah, he finds this out. I'm pretty sure they fuck, right? Yeah, I think they fuck. I don't, I don't actually know. I'm sure they do, remember. but yeah, at that point, it's like you start going down this rabbit hole with him. That's like, okay, this guy's like, I do remember that point in time because I read, mo I read mostly on the train. That that point in time where I was like, oh, okay, this is like pitiful, and it's hard to get through the rest of the book after you've sort of like 
um, get to that point with him. You know, it's just like, this guy's so like weird. Yeah. You see, you've seen her on the curtain and you just kind of realize, yeah, this is a weird neurotic kind of untrue version of his life. Cause he's, uh, he leaves out uh, any, uh, any detail like that quote I read earlier about how he is vindictive and, and sort of turns on people like at a party. Um, he'll like give you like the shittiest look like you're a bug. He never once brings up how this is something he once did even one time. He never brings up turning against a person like that, uh, which is just, it's too crazy that this is the story of his life and he doesn't bring up, um, bring that up. So yeah, it's just sort of clearly a fiction. It's tough when you, you know, you read about it. And I, like when you're saying story of my life, just that the story of my life kind of just feels fallacious in itself as like a phrase, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the sense too with what you're saying. Of course, he's probably left out so much, so many bad things, you know? Like I'm sure he's like murdered many people and like murdered women and children and stuff. Like, Oh, wow. Well, that is the one like a bad guy. He's that- a bad guy. To illustrate that, that's the major chapter that these the editor at this Penguin Classics they left out of this is there's a chapter where he describes he's in St. Petersburg and he describes buying a 12 year old sex slave and he describes like their sexual acts. Um, so to paint the depravity, um, yeah, it's just like a depraved bad guy, which. I mean, there's not much to be gleaned from it because you're they're essentially just like you know, they've sort of lost their way, but, um, what's like another, what's like another, um, fun story that we could do. Like, we should do like one more, like the escape from, Oh, the lead. Yeah. He goes to leads. prison for some bullshit reason. Uh, my favorite detail of that is I just remember maybe he it. didn't go to, you know, maybe he didn't go to prison for a bullshit reason. <laughs> like, yeah, he yeah. Did he's something just really like bad making that up. I think he just did something really bad. Yeah. But he's in prison and he describes how, uh, a stake, which is his like, you know, tool to break out is, is uh, snuck in under a plate of pasta. Um, I just thought that was funny. Okay. Well, no, take, take the rest of the story. I wasn't listening. I just saw, I just saw, uh, yeah, never something. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he goes to Leeds which is just a prison. He just describes like being in this cell for a while. The only like little part of it that I do remember is he falls asleep on his arm and then he grabs his arm thinking it's another person. It's just like so monotonous detail. Do you remember that? He's like, he thinks he's being attacked by someone and then he realizes it's his own arm. Like it's just like, Oh, in the prison. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like not the only thing that's interesting about that story is like the escape is ridiculous and it's kind of funny. He um, he just takes advantage of like this, this sort of virtuous monk who's also in prison for some reason. Maybe he's not virtuous, but he takes advantage of this guy. And then this other like coward idiot makes him just like do all this dumb shit. And then he like... Once he finally like Casanova is the only one that escapes and they're all trying they they're sort of all trying to get out. But like they both chicken out and he just kind of fucks them over and like because the leads, I guess, is like a really 
tall. I pictured it sort of like the top of a cathedral. Like it seemed like enormous yeah. from the way you described it. Like Nostradamus it. vibes. Let's look it up. Like the Leeds. Yeah. Um, it's in France, right? Leeds prison. Yeah, it's exactly like we pictured pretty much. Um, the Leeds. That's interesting. Yeah, the description of it is so hard to fucking follow, too, dude. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. Because you don't really have an idea of what anything looks like. But, yeah, that's a that's another story, I guess. Um, the one I'm thinking of now is sorry, uh, really the he described in perfect, like, this guy's self-serving and telling us nothing negative or true about himself. Uh, he, he describes meeting Voltaire, uh, the famous philosopher, um and he uh i can't i can't remember anything they talk about except casanova paints the whole scene as like uh voltaire was like oh shit you're right casanova i should change i should amend my that book i'm writing yeah that's that's a good part of the book that just just seems completely made up yeah um just like perfect like I, I sat down with einstein and i was like he was saying equals mc uh cubed or, or equals mc to the third power and i said i don't know einstein what about squared abcd squared is actually emc squared it's just shit like that um it just makes him feel like such a pompous idiot Cause he's never once he there's this book is full of maxims and you said the fool's one you like, but there's not a single maxim or a piece of advice in this book that I felt like enlightened by. It all feels like, uh, it feels like, uh, eloquent words saying obvious things. Yeah. I mean, it's like we saying with him being a socialite or something, or it's someone leading a life of like little substance, like it's a it's a it's an interesting life with little substance. So you're of course like you're not gonna take away anything. Um, you know uh, what? What would you say? Like profound from it or or meaningful? Yeah. And he, I mean, he sort of when he ages out of his sort of sexual prime, it's a pretty sad and slow. Uh, aftermath you know it's just like he's 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 living the bachelor's life and he has no he's friends. still hounding yeah he's still hounding for young girls and stuff and he's kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah that is sort of when his older. psyche uh finally like erupts in uh horror is the moment that his body which might have been because he is described as ugly it might have been you know like ed like the age where he, he wasn't getting it up anymore uh, ED. And this is the part that he leaves out of the book, which is really like weird, but the historical record of it is he, he falls under an illness and he decides to start writing his autobiography. Um, and then yeah, spends the, the lonely, sad, uh, last 20 years of his life writing all this down. Um, but we do know that he was, uh, freaking out about his body degrading which I think mm -hmm. it's probably just him not being able to have sex anymore. So it's the one, his one power is taken away from him. And so I think he neurotically uh, 
decides to just start writing down his life in the effort to um, make a name of himself. Mm-hmm. And he quotes uh, Montaigne, the philosopher Montaigne, uh, who says, if your life wasn't, uh, if your life isn't worth writing down, write something worth reading. So I think Casanova kind of combined those two ideas and was like, I had a sort of interesting life. Let me, let me write it down and fictionalize it so I can sort of have a little taste of glory. Cause I, he is into like, uh, the big names like, you know, Homer. And they say he carries the, I don't know if you caught that part. They say he carries, there's a part where he, he had the Iliad on him almost at all times. The, he had the Iliad on Homer's him. Iliad. Mm-hmm. So he just has this very um, desperate, clawing, uh, just desperation for fame or or just respect. Because I think when he when his body was going, there was nothing left that people respected him for. Because I don't know, maybe he was still charming, but he didn't have any friends. They had all sort of fell by the wayside, probably because of that vindictive theatrical part of his personality got a little, mm-hmm. you know, got old, I think. Yeah. And I'm thinking like this, I was trying, I was kind of thinking what you're saying that is like, why, why is he famous? Like this book came out. Yeah. Was it just like, it must've been just like super popular smut. Well, let's yeah. see. It was originally published in 1838. Oh, and this is this is this is during a probably a more romantic time. I'm just reading the Wikipedia article you're talking. Like, is is a more romantic time uh, when sex was a lot more like sex negative, and he just approached it with such a like you know a light touch, right? Not literally, but um. So yeah, I think it just became big through that, and I think it's also. Um, it's, it's valued like very objectively as a authentic source of like customs in Europe at that time. Yeah. It perfectly spans the the 17th or 18th century, his life kind of pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just like was flicking through the Wikipedia. It, it seems way more interesting. He has a giant Wikipedia as well as he does. Um, so, uh, okay. the one thing I was thinking of was just to, to really hammer in the negative penis, negative quality and his sort of, uh, desperation to paint his life as this Don Juan character. He actually meets, I think in his, uh, probably middle age or maybe thirties, he meets Lorenzo de Ponte, who's the author of, uh, the dialogue for the Mozart opera, Don Giovanni, which is Don Juan, um, and he apparently, as said by the this guy Lorenzo, he says Casanova was like super, uh, like in a horny way, like trying to give him suggestions for the play because he was currently writing the play. Um, and the quote he says about Casanova is, "This singular man never liked to be in the wrong." So it's just like another person saying the exact same thing about him. Sorry. Yeah, and I think I think most socialites. I've seen this many times. Most socialites, um, just tend to like. It's true for every single one. They just set. They tend to like just take this. Um, they they're so ingratiated with like 
social dynamics and like sex and and partying. It's not really about partying. They just become really jaded about people eventually because it just becomes a game of who are my friends and who are their friends and what did they do? Mm-hmm. You know, it's true in New York because every social I've met in New York, they just like, they just like hate people, you know, they still have fun, but they just learn, they just start to like hate everyone. And obviously like by the time they're older, it's a young man's game or woman's game. So, you know, they just end up like jaded, friendless, you know, they're the whole thing just, you know, it's a, it's a much more empty sort of like discipline. Yeah. Well, I think it's the, it's like the, the effect of when, uh, when you're at a party and sort of like, there's like a, if there is a tension, there's like the tensions are high. And so it's not, you're not having a real conversation. You're not like actually like, you're not going to be like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. Or like, hold up, let me think about that. You're just going to, you're kind of flying through it like F1 speeds and you're just kind of trying to hit those notes and like, uh, especially when I know I've seen many, I mean, I've like, I've worked jobs where I just like overhear stuff like that. And it's always just like, yeah, now I'm buying a house and then, you know, and now I'm going to do this. And it's like, Oh, ha ha. Do you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, what? And it's just kind of shit like that. Well, and Casanova's a little more, um, he's like a little more hipstery than that. Like Casanova's into books and he's like an intellectual. So I think it's more so the quality of like your. Yeah, it's a different time. Yeah. It's a, uh, what is that? Uh, back to Bob Dylan. Um, uh, uh, love, uh, what is that song? Um, back love, bad, like fire, like I, so like words, like fire, like ice. Love minus zero. Love minus, or is it love minus zero? It's the one where he says, People talk in stations, read over books yeah. and quotations. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's Love Money Zero. Well, no, don't invitation. Sounds it's good. On the wall. So basically, Dylan was... <laughs> I'll just fade out on that. <laughs> Dylan's describing... Because Dylan is a big... It. He's a big proponent of making fun of uh, dilettantes, like like a Rolling Stone, and um, in that song where yeah. he's, he's making fun of people who don't actually like have any convictions or passions and they just sort of sit in coffee shops and like recite quotations to each other merely as just like a play of like we're playing like where we have passions and i think that's casanova he's just like he's a he's a neurotic horny freak who yeah his biggest sin is lust and he's just when he goes outside he goes it's just like action casanova and it's like let's be smart let's let's uh quote let's quote homer and horace yeah so let's wrap this up i feel like we're getting lost in a um lost at sea well well, let's make sure do we leave anything out do we want to like talk about i think he and he inspired perhaps or not maybe he's not the originator but he can he carried the torch of the tradition of like living your life with a sort of dude's rock um, fuckwat energy where you just kind of pull the lever of being an asshole and you play the lottery of that. And and his worked out for the most part. He ends, I think, probably sad, but the the majority of his life kind of worked out because he did that sort of yeah. just like, fuck it. I mean, it. there's 
there's a good story there it was you know he he got in a duel um which i think is like the document for like exactly how duels would go between mm-hmm. gentlemen um yeah and he he sort of gets out by the seat of his pants but he gets shot in the hand and the doctors say they have to take it off because gangrene is going to set in but he's like no i'm not doing it and it just <laughs> goes away it just goes away happens which i don't think happens i don't think that's what happens yeah well, no, he just got angry. lucky. Like, it, like the infection didn't happen to catch. So it's I just. I don't think but, that's how it works, but okay. Well, no, I'm saying that is what happened. He doesn't lose his arm. The doctors were right in being cautious about how things usually go that way. So we should probably cut off your hand so it doesn't affect your entire arm. And then we'll have to cut off your entire yeah. arm. Uh, There's but also a time when they're bleeding people. Like, this is a really popular. True, true. But bleeding. But yeah, he just sort of, for no particular reason, he has no medical, uh, you know, knowledge to himself, but he just kind of, he's like, I, I feel like we shouldn't do it. And so I didn't do it. And it worked, you know what? It fucking worked out. It kind of has that like Joe Rogany, like, uh, just like conspiratorial, like, I don't really trust doctors. Like, what the fuck do they know? Yeah, I mean, he would be, he's sort of like a Dan Bilzer. I mean, I don't even know. Yeah, Actually, yeah, no, that's like, a good, that's a good comparison. He's pretty much like, because it's all made up, right? Like, I'm, I'm sure Casanova's probably had more, like, sex with more women, I guess, or something. That's like, the interesting part. We do have his body he count. He probably paid, he probably paid less women to have sex with him. That's for sure. But that's the thing is, uh, uh, Casanova's body count is, in today's standards, like, uh, pitiful. Well, okay. I just want to say this, like, uh, it's interesting in this sense of, um, these self, uh, what's that word? Like self or whatever. No, like self yeah, that's the molded. Word. No, it's not. Oh, self-made. Not what I'm, Sorry. These sort of self positioned ladies, men that talk about their exploits and project their exploits um, are always like pitiful weirdos, you know, like Hugh Hefner was a fucking mm. bad. He's a bad guy. Dan Bilzerian, I'm sure, has done many bad things. I mean, he's a bad guy. He's an idiot, clearly. And like Casanova is a that's bad that guy, guy. Andrew Tate, the new the new one. Well, yeah, that's like that's just like so bad. It's like not even worth talking about like stupid. But, you know, it's like, why? Why is it always? I guess like because the actual cool guys who do this shit are have better things to do, you know, like they they don't they're not inspired and like intensely obsessed with um, this vacuous shit. Like I, someone who's smart enough to write a good book about their sexual exploits uh, probably realizes the vacuousness of that and the. Uh, you know, so there isn't, I mean, I'm sure there's examples, but like, they just don't talk about it. It's just like not cool to talk about that. You know, well, isn't a obscure reference. It's lame. It's usually like, it's just like, it's so subtle that you, it's not even the point of the thing. I'm just thinking of uh, this book house of leaves I read and you can tell when you're reading it, you're like, Oh, this guy's like had some crazy sex. Like he is probably fictionalizing something. Is that, that a actually horror movie? It's a horror is that book. A horror- it's a horror book. book. Yeah, I was actually recommended that. It's really cool. But that's yeah. about the journal. That's like the journal where like it's different perspectives. It's like you're reading a book that they found in a house or something. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, 
Casanova with like the editor's notes. There's like editor's notes and then it's yeah, yeah. notes of a guy's journal who found a guy's diary. Okay. But anyway, you're you're saying it's you thought, oh, this guy must have had lots of sex. Well, no, and I was reading it, I was like, oh, this guy's like cool. Like this is like a cool way he's bringing up his sexual exploits. He's turning it, he's using it as a utility belt for making this incredible horror novel. He's like, horror. it's just, it's just, it's just spice on top. It's not horror novel. The whole <laughs> fucking thing. You can just, it's just. He's not obsessed with it, whereas Casanova is clearly obsessed. Possessed. Yeah, no, that's like, you know, I'm sure there's there's men that have had, you know, as much sex as Casanova, but they just have better things to do. You know, it's probably like, you know, the fucking some conqueror or something, you know, like, well, yeah, I, I forget. Or an artist, body you know, not, like, their life isn't about that. It's for and by sex, which is entertaining, but it's not going to leave you. And that's the thing is like this book is could have been just fucking entertaining but it's not. It's fucking boring. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know how much of it is the the how hard it is to remember the Italian names or like the the this manner that he speaks in is kind of outdated. But I don't think it is those. I think it is just purely. There's no good. There's no good ideas in this book. Yeah, and it's not. Well, the thing that's what I'm saying. It's like it's not about ideas. It's just like, I mean, you think it will be because he starts like Ben Franklin or whatever, but. It's like you're just lost in this fucking you're just lost at sea for most of the time. And then you sort of like sort of drift into like a little boat and you're in there and there's like a sandwich and then you fall out of the boat again and then you're lost at sea for the next, you know, 50 pages. Yeah. And the trying, to, trying to fucking remember like all these useless, forgettable characters like names. Yeah. The editors actually leave to. out the actual end of the book. Because I guess it was that bad because they just leave it off like a few chapters before the end. And so it just ends in the middle of an event. There's no like conclusion or summary. Uh, So the ending must have been really bad if they like decided to leave it out. It seems so important to have the last word in there, but they the editors leave this out. Also, we should mention this penguin edition is totally bungled. And there's a part in it where uh, <laughs> yeah. the pages turn backwards and like upside down and both Bungled, me and Andrew's yeah. edition of it both have this error. So it's just the official penguin version is fucked up. So this, <laughs> yeah. the editors of it's this book suck. It's officially fucked up. They fucked that up. Um, um but like, we, I mean, who gives, who gives a fuck, right? Like, what did we miss? <laughs> like, yeah, th- that's what I'm wondering is they must've nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna give this. We already rated this, but what's? I mean, I'm gonna give it like a a a two fifty out of a thousand percent. Yeah, two hundred fifty percent. Maybe two. Fuck it, two hundred percent out of a thousand percent. Yeah, it is interesting because yeah, as I as I was reading it, I I was thinking like, oh, this is like a six hundred. This is a six fifty. Um, but yeah, as you read it, and then as we talked about it, my score just plummeted. I'm going to go 200. I started rock hard. And then as I went down, as I just went, like Casanova's cock on that Turkish parlor, I yeah, was looking at the daughters and it was sky high. And then I look at father's cock sky down to high? the floor, down to the floor. My dick was sky high. 
Um, so yeah, yeah maybe don't read this. Don't, don't read this. Yeah. <laughs> don't skip don't this win. one, guys. Yeah, don't waste your time with this shit. This guy's uh, an idiot. But anyway, we All have right, a new uh, poster. I don't. I don't think we brought that up. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people will notice that. So new poster. New poster. And we're gonna try to post don't. more pods. So. Yeah, we drew that ourselves. Uh, just no more can be said about that. We drew that. Yep. I drew that. Um, and yeah, uh, we do have some more books in the pipe. So these episodes should be um, more than less than five months uh, mm-hmm. buffering. Which is hard. You know, but, we got to read a book. So this is going to be a slow drip. Usually. Well, the thing we got to do is we actually have to do seasons because we need time to read. Ooh, and then right. Like have an off have, season. Well, yeah, but you kind of you need to post a lot of episodes to kind of gain traction. But um, so we got to like store our nuts about. for the winter kind of thing. That's not what it's about. It's, a ha- it's about having a laugh, right? Yeah, we got to store our nuts. Um, yeah, so we have what we have like two more books in the pipe, right? Ready to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll uh, we'll let those be a surprise, I guess. Maybe um, I'll give you a hint. It's probably the next one's going to be Nietzsche. Oh, and actually, there one. there was a teaser, or there was a sort of uh, what do they call that? A um, a Easter egg in this pod. The next one of the next books was mentioned. Let's see if you in can this, figure out what it in was. This episode, yeah, yeah. People are scrubbing through. So oh give, my God. so give this give this podcast another listen, guys. Yeah, listen through that that last thirty minute chunk. Whoever can really email something. us the answer, we'll give you ten dollars. That's not coming out of my. I'll bank. send you my copy of Casanova. Uh, okay. This book is the size of Casanova's penis, by the way. So that's just a fun fact. Really. All right, thanks for listening, guys. We have an we have an inch. We have like an inch count. This yeah, this book is uh, my my copy is eight inches. Dimensions. Let's see. He has like a rectangular. It's the exact shape of the book. Oh yeah, so Google it. uh, Casanova's cock has been mummified, apparently. So everyone, take a look. So he must have been famous when he was dead when he died. Yeah, it's just like uh, Rasputin, mummified, mummified dick. So I feel like we're jogging this out. We got to say goodbye. We got to say goodbye. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you shortly. Um, Ba-boom. Books Brothers.